Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Ollie Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing good. I feel like I'm out of step a bit with the AEW reaction. I've seen a lot of people say five out of five. Best Ooh. show of the year. So we don't have a poll on today's podcast mm. because... Why have I not? Well, because we were doing Think Quake this morning, which is like an hour and a half, um, uh, which means I was actually late in getting the stream up. And also I had to write a thousand words about Randy Savage being on Games Master for the WrestleTalk mm. magazine. So that's pretty much taken up my morning today. So I didn't get a chance to do the poll for it. But going by early chat reactions, most people were saying three out of five. Although there okay. was there was one person that was very much making fun of you. Uh, this first comment from Juan uh, <laughs> says three for Raw, three for AEW. And then in that, like some letters are small, some letters are capitalized. Yes. To make it sound yeah, like they're yeah. very much mocking you saying they're on different levels. Ollie Davis. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many more times I can explain it in the same way. This guy even knows the explanation, but he's just yeah. like, that explanation's um, not for me. Advi said it's a three out of five show. Popshot said it was a three out of five show. Uh, yeah, most people see a uh, dozen marks said three out of five. So I don't think you're as out of step with perhaps you think. Um, Keith, who's oh, uh, one of our um, members, also said three out of five. So, I mean, you gave it three out of five on the show, the, the news, I'm guessing then. Yep, yep. Same as I gave Raw this week. It's a like, better show. I, more enjoyable. I think, <laughs> you know what? I think by, your, by, raw, by... your Raw score was mad, though. Like that was an I, insane score to give Raw. I was more impressed with Raw's show by WWE standards than I was AEW. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will make for a fascinating podcast discussion then. So so we've it's not just me and you on today's show. We're gonna have new punk rants. He of the Hooventud Guerrero juice train. What do you are you excited to speak to him? Have him on as a I special guest? 
very much because I mean I wasn't going to mention this when uh, when he came on, but you know we have had many people over the years. Uh, it's one of the pe- reasons why people didn't like the super chats originally being on the podcast is because there were people who were just doing gimmicks to try and get themselves over. Remember mm. like Bailey Sting. Like there was oh, like, yes. there were a few people. There were people who were trying to get like Andy Datsun merch, so they were like just asking yeah. for like. There were people who were just trying to like get gimmicks rolling, mm. and there was a chance I was wondering if like new punk rounds would end up getting a similar backlash because it was two years, you know, messaging us almost every week, being like they need to get Hooven to Guerrero on the show, but it's had a payoff, and I think that that's really endeared himself to a lot of people i think with new punk rants it also comes off as sincere it didn't feel like a frank the clown or someone it was more your classic long-haired guy and his mum fan well he he was just happy to be there he was there for the love of it not to get himself over and yeah that's inexplicably what new punk rants has done so yeah looking forward to talking to the guy we don't often have fans you know filthy marks on with us mm-hmm. i'll be lying if you, i if i said i'm not concerned it. yeah it's gonna say you very much hate it i suggested doing a phone in for the friday magazine show and what nah. you said was don't give them time don't give them airtime. no if they want that they need to pay <laughs> and even then it needs to be read out by us that's what yeah. i say you know you know there's always F F in the P, you know? F in the P. Frank in the Perry? You know, you know what I mean. There was a popular thing for quite a few years where if anyone was interviewed in a Vox Pop on the news, they would say right in the, you know. You not you not seen this? I don't think so. Also, F- I need to put right my in the I'm getting so many messages from people on WhatsApp. I'm just going to put my phone on airplane mode. Oh, someone's popular. It really was for a second. I was getting like, I had about five different people just send me messages in the last five minutes. What did they say? What are they about? Uh, One of them was uh, from a group who went to the cinema last night to see Suicide Squad, who were just telling me how how they enjoyed that. Um, my D&D group trying to arrange this evening, which I don't think is mm-hmm. happening because housemate Simon is not feeling very well. Um, yeah, I know. Well, and the housemate Simon has been the reason why we've cancelled the last four sessions. <laughs> so He I... is <laughs> a, a difficult chap to organise stuff with. Yep. Um, but he makes friend... it worth it. When he shows He's up great. to stuff, you're like, oh my God, I just I have so much fun with you. Yeah, this is why uh, I don't get annoyed. Ash, overall, my my friend Ash thanking me because I'd sent him some stuff in the post for his birthday. Well, what um, did you get him? Uh, I bought him. So Ash is my Games Master podcast co-host, and I bought him some back in the nineties. Kids, they used to give away VHS tapes with magazines to like promote like upcoming games and things like that. So I bought him a collection of like magazine free VHS tapes. So there was one that was for Donkey Kong Country, one that was, um, it was a Street Fighter 2 tips video hosted by Jazz Rignall about how to get good at Street Fighter 2 on the SNES. And uh, I also got one, I think, to promote the release of Sonic 2 in 92. Wow. Yeah. That is retro. That is like the, because that, that phase didn't really last that long because then you started getting the discs. 
yeah, you and you get the demos. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, exactly. I remember I had a Wallace and Gromit comic from around the late nineties with a free floppy disk with oh, wow. a game on the floppy disk. Yes. So that was the thing is like in the eighties, you used to get like demos and stuff because they did come on three quarter inch floppies like for your Amiga and your, your C64 and things like that. But once you got into the cartridges, they couldn't really give out demos anymore. Mm. So they just gave away VHS tapes instead. Then yeah, with the PlayStation went back to being demo discs. Of the defunct media, what do you sort of uh, like more, the cassette or the floppy disk? I'm a cassette man. Um, yeah, uh, maybe that's maybe because like I it. was a I was a Commodore sixty four kid, which was mm-hmm. you know on cassette. So I think that kind of leans me a little bit towards that era. But I also I like cassettes, and I like the way the cassettes look. Yeah. What about you? I think floppy disks. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I like the sensation of putting in a big blocky thing into a into a slit, and then it does its thing. <laughs> yeah, that sounded way I, more sexual than I was going to say. That sounded like a Pornhub search. Term. That was that was not a. I did not start <laughs> that sentence with genuinely any kind of intention. Do you know what else I uh, I got Ash for his birthday? Um, because there's actually this is sort of a delayed Christmas present as well, which is why he's getting a, a couple of. Things. Oh, that is delayed. Yeah, well, I know it's, because also like, it's August, but I've also like I've got some other stuff that I, I've from like his birthday last year that I just didn't get sent to him because I've you know I've, I've moved house and stuff. But I mm. bought where is it recently? No bids, offers. I've got this thing. This is wicked. It is just it was just on eBay, labeled as Sega Sizzle VHS Saturn and Mega Drive promo tape. Right, that's all that it says. Great. Right, yeah, absolutely, it is great. But look, I'm just going to share my screen so you can see this. And ha- how much? How much was that? It was twenty pounds. Right. But look at it. It's literally just a VHS tape with Sega Sizzle May 1995. Mm. On it. And when you go to it, it just like the description just says Sega promo video digital file uh, will also be included. Does not tell me what's on this. I have bought mm. this rash out of curiosity more than anything else because i don't know what's on this tape luke you know it this could be some kind of code and cladentestine way to distribute some illicit snuff (sighs) films you reckon or like you know ash might put that into play and the freaking ring girl might come out the screen (laughs) you could curse a bunch of people or you're gonna say like it just you put it on it's actually just bum fights yes You've bought an unmarked VHS. There's no case. It doesn't look like an official sticker. It's not an official thing. This looks to me like it was a promo video that gets sent around to stores. I've seen mm. a few of them. Like Nintendo used to send them out during the early 90s as well to talk about, to about like the marketing. Here are the games that are coming out in the second half of 1994, for etc. And the price points they're going to be at and why you should be putting them in your stores here's how you can place your order i wonder if that's what it is because it is un- basically unmarked and it's not in a proper case or anything so i'm fascinated to know what's on this tape yeah hopefully you don't reawaken some ancient <laughs> japanese evil force you still watch along though just to sort oh, yeah. of because I, I yeah has anyone done that has anyone done the ring for twitch where it kind what, of like, like well you imagine oh, if you live stream right imagine oh, right. if you live stream yeah. the ring video cassette 
I see what you're saying now. I thought you could. Has anyone ever like watched something along with people on the I internet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to go, guys. I've got a pretty good business idea here. <laughs> Did you? Um, I tell you what. Let's get into the AEW review, and then I'll save that question for when we get into the second half of this. But here is the AEW show. Ollie Davis thought Raw was better. Here's the show. <laughs> It might not have been a match against Jeff Hardy and losing in two minutes, but I guess it'll have to do. Malachi Black, in his in-ring AEW debut in the main event of last night's Dynamite, special name, homecoming, because it was back at Daly's place, squashed Cody Rhodes in five minutes, a bump through the table outside, and a black mass with excellent presentation throughout he looked awesome. Great entrance. Great performance. Yeah. What a debut. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. Please hit the subscribe button. It's the best thing to help support this channel. And if you want to go a little bit further, get an ultra chat, an omega chat in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over $10 before the end of the no. show. Dear God, no, no. $5. $5. <laughs> Just always trying to sneak it up a bit. Always. I've, we've got four pages already. Have we really? Christ. I didn't think Christmas there was much on this episode. Day. Also, before we get into everything, later on, we will be joined by new punk rants. The Markiest no, like, of Marks. Legit. He's currently in the back end waiting to come onto this show to talk about the Juventud Guerrero match with Chris Jericho that opened this episode. I can see he's reframed his shot so I can just see his chin. Bear in mind, he's Juventud Guerrero t shirt. <laughs> he's filming himself portraits. So that might be why you can only see a chin. Uh, but yes, we will talk to the great man himself who somehow <laughs> manifested Juventud's Juventud's debut in AEW through sheer ultra chatting alone. Um, right. First off, oh, thank you very much to LHicks352 for becoming a member just there. Memberg, right up. Uh, you get loads of little exclusive bits. You get a little emoji next to you. You get to use emotes. You get a little badge next to your name. And you get to watch our podcast intro and outros, all specially for you. But let's talk about it. Malachi Black's debut. In ring, that is. What did you think? I thought this was great. Like I wrote in my mm. notes, you said it in the review as well. It was a uh, Brody Lee esque in terms of Cody taking the loss because Cody, you know, he got a bit of offense in a little bit, but this was all black. Like this was all Malachi Black. He got the big, huge entrance. He got the big, massive presentation, and he looked. I Alistair Black, Malachi Black, hasn't looked this good since he was in NXT in terms of like the presentation of him. There was no goofy trapdoor noise to like, you know, maybe that really could have got him over with the crowd, like if they'd added that into the entrance. But he had this whole thing where it was like the lights go down partway through his entrance and come back up for other different points. He's got this brand new mask that he is wearing and when he like leaps into the ring and stuff, it was just a, 
awesome presentation. And it was like the proper, they were putting over like his Muay Thai background that he has got. And he was like targeting certain parts. He like, you know, targeted the leg, then just threw Cody off the top. So he went through the table. Cody just about got back in at 10. Black mass. And that was it. I was like, when he hit the black mass, I thought to myself, Cody's not kicking out the black mass. Surely, surely <laughs> he should he's have not done out the- for America. <laughs> surely he's not kicking out the black mass. And he didn't. Alistair, Mal- sorry, Malachi Black just put his foot on his chest and pinned him one, two, three. It was rad, man. Uh, just also say thank you to Nathaniel Sunga, who just became a member. Uh, and all David those good Watts. things will be coming your way. What? So many members. Thank you all, uh, to all of you. Yeah, I agree because there were 15 minutes left for this main event, right? That you had 15 minutes for entrances, which were Cody is, you know, going to take about seven of those minutes. And the match went f- the five minutes. And I was like, okay, there's seven minutes left of the broadcast. Uh, and then Cody gets in. I just thought the count out spot was going to be a little bit in the middle of the match to transition into the final third. But no, that was it. It was done because the remaining time was left for that Cody retirement tease promo. And um, just to say my bit on Malachi Black, I was a little bit concerned when he sh- first showed up because he's got the eye thing. I was like, yeah, I'm not really into the supernatural stuff. I didn't really know which way he was going to go with it. But I, seeing this here, I, you know, it's, it totally works in AEW's brand of psychological realism for me, where you can you can have horror stuff, and it can be real, but you don't have this supernatural guffins that WWE so often dump over these gimmicks like that, uh, because like you have that entrance which I thought was extraordinary. I love that mask. We I can't remember. Did you like Hereditary? Uh, oh, I thought Hereditary was fine. I have seen 25 straight to DVD horror releases that the exact same plots. And well, like that big, re- the reveal at the end, I was like, well, I've, I've definitely seen, I've done a lot of reviews of horror movies that have this exact same ending. So we like, oh my God, it's Exorcist for a new generation. I'm like, you should have seen all the direct to DVD, all the direct to DVD horror movies that I was reviewing in the mid 2000s. But yeah, I, well, I liked it. And it gave me big uh, Midsummer vibes as well, of course, by the same director. Midsummer was way. Midsummer was rad. I love Midsummer. Midsummer was awesome. Yeah. It gave me big vibes of those. So I was very, a, a very big fan of that. The presentation, also, man, that from the start of this episode, those little graphical teases for the main event, where it's Malachi Black on one side with flames behind him and a tree with Cody in front on the other side, but the tree is like pristine but it's burning on black side. I just thought, oh my God, Alistair Black or Tommy End, whatever you want to call him, has got to be all over this presentation. There's so much like detail and thought that's gone into just a little match graphic. So I love that. But when it transitions into the actual match, totally agree with you. It was super realistic. And to not have those two sides of your character jar is difficult to pull off. So yeah, it, it, it completely satisfied me in both sides. Yeah, I thought it was really, really, really good. It's a, I think it's a bit of a shame that the Cody thing. I mean, do we, do we want to jump into the Cody thing now, or do you have anything yeah, else what, you want to add to the, about the Malachi Black match? Fa- fan of Parts Fun Known, by the way, Malachi mm. Black. He's been putting it over a lot in his Twitch channel. He even mentioned it on uh, Talk Is Jericho. He bloody loved El Fakador's video. Yeah, but he didn't mention it on Dynamite, did he? 
<laughs> it's a bit of a different place to mention it on Dynamite. He should have grabbed the mic at the end of the show and just gone like and subscribe parts for unknown. <laughs> that's that's maybe that would have been really nice. Um, no, just that I thought it was a great way to put over Black. A five-minute yeah. win, strong over Cody like that. Very well done. Yeah, so I thought it was so, so cool. It was like one of the best presentations <clears throat> that they've done of like a debut. And as I said, proper reminded me of the Brody Lee thing last year over the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Real like strong vibes of that. Well, the, the, because it's, it's go big show time. Come on, Paul White. Uh... Cody is going to film the second season of that show on TBS. So this is the way to ride him out for a bit. And after the match, he got up and cut a five-minute long sort of promo. Very good promo. Cody's great at this. And teased retiring. He even took off one boot to leave in the ring before Black showed up, hit him with a crutch, and then left. And apparently after the show went off air, Cody Rhodes removed both boots kissed the canvas, walked off. Now, I've seen people, a lot, to be honest, more people have enjoyed this tremendously. I took against it. What do you think? I um, I thought it was a very good promo. And I did think to myself, wow, I, I I'd actually bought it. I'll be honest with you. Like early doors when Cody was talking about the promo and he was talking about, you know, Daily's places like the AEW Mecca and all this that, and the other. And they was like, you know, oh, if there's going to be a better place to do it, then the time to do it is now. And I was like, man, Cody's actually retiring. This is seems very left field for him to just be retiring now. But I was like, I was like, but you know, clearly he's got some decisions. Maybe being a dad has changed him, like has changed his mind. Maybe it's changed his perception on the way. Away. Maybe he thinks that he's taking too much time away from the business side of things. So he actually wants to transition to that. Maybe he is just stepping away from the ring. He's just going to become a part timer. And then Malachi Black attacked him afterwards, and I was like, oh no, it's an angle. And that's what took it down for me because I'm like, why would you tease a retirement angle? Because that's a big thing. Mm. Because if like if Cody then doesn't finish up this feud and then retire, like then why did you tease doing a retirement angle? It's a very Vince Russo thing to do, and it's not. And like, and th- I think this is sometimes why people take against Cody, because Cody like he has done a lot in AEW to try and put over guys, right? Like you know Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, MJ, Brody Lee last year to try and make him like a sandwich. Malachi Black this year, like he was doing stuff. QT Marshall, QT Marshall. I think the uh, Anthony Agogo and QT Marshall is the only ones where I think are like that's where Cody didn't really do it that great a job of, of uh, getting someone over, particularly poor old Anthony Agogo. But he was trying to do it here with Malachi Black and make him look amazing. But then he does things like this where he's like, did it like? After the angle, does anyone now buy that Cody is retiring and he's just going to come back in seven weeks? In which case, it's like, yeah. Uh, did the Rich make that come up just then? <laughs> On it the... wasn't me. Uh, so the, yeah, I, I I took against it almost from the moment Black's, uh, sorry, Cody started talking. Not from the bit where Black attacked him at the end. Although, you know, in both cases, it's like, oh, so you're just teasing a retirement when if you're doing that and Black set it's actually an angle, then you're doing all this to set up a match at all out or full gear like retirements. Are, you, you, what, the, what's great about AEW is they make things feel really, really big. And to just chuck a retirement thing in there like this, 
I, I feel lessens that somewhat if you're just going to use it to build a match a bit down the line. Uh, and like you said, it came out of nowhere. It's not like this has been a... I know Black said that he wants to end Cody's career and stuff like that, but it's not been a huge part of this feud. But really, I just... One of the great things about Brody's victory last year was how the focus was on Brody standing over Cody. Cody was destroyed. I feel like Cody getting up after being knocked out and then cutting a promo, I was just like, no, I want... I want Black to be the focus of the finish of this episode. Yeah, I agree. Have if if you're gonna do this, have Cody cut a promo next week. It reminded me of, and the only reason this, I'm bringing this up now is because I was writing on my Kenny Omega article, the second half of my Kenny Omega article for the WrestleTalk magazine. Uh, pre-order link for that will be available very soon. And I was going to go through sort of like a lot of the dynamite results. Do you remember during the TNT tournament last year? where in the first round, Dustin Rhodes in his match with Kip Sabian was just like, oh, by the way, if I lose this match, I'm going to retire. Yes. And yeah. you and I were like, why? Like, Say why? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I get that you want to add stakes to something, but like, it doesn't add like good stakes. Like, that's not an important thing because I don't buy it. And like, if Cody is teasing a retirement here, but then just comes back in seven days, Oh, sorry, seven weeks rather. It's not not Craig David. If he doesn't come back in like seven weeks after doing um, go uh, go big Paul White, isn't that just going to like really devalue this? Also, is it not going to completely devalue when he does actually retire? A bit like when the Undertaker retired in the ring mm. and then just came back. Like it just devalues it after a while. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we'll get on with what you guys think very shortly, but I just want to... There's a line in Cody's promo I feel like hasn't been spoken about that much, and I just want to check I heard it right. So he's you know, he's saying about how much he loves AEW, and he's sort of hinted towards some backstage disagreements, but regardless of that, they're always my brothers. You know, I love yeah. them forever because we started this. And what he was alluding to was... Uh, how much outside product, like how how many outside things he's had to do, like the the Go Big Show and stuff like that. Whereas the other VPs are all focused on uh, the wrestling show by and large. And then he said he did reference infighting between the VPs, which is the Bucks and Kenny Omega. And this was a report from three months ago, I think. Well, it wasn't even a report; it was like a rumor. And Sean Ross Sapp said, I haven't heard anything about this. Probably just a rumor. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's Cody sort of revealing that? Or do you think he's just stoking fires? But the problem is, if you're stoking the fires, those fires have gone out. So I, I mm. don't know what that would achieve. If like, Are you trying to build something on TV? No, if anything, it felt to me, it was just like, I think there was probably some truth to those rumors. Mm. I, I mean, I, I said on this show, and I've, I've said it in various places, it was, I think it's pretty telling that they haven't been on like in storylines together like just he hasn't been with anything to do with the elite for pretty much since those rumors started and he's just been in his own little pocket universe i think that's more telling than anything else so yeah like if, if he's there to stoke the fires i would again ask what's the point uh much like the sort of retirement thing i actually saw someone in the chat said do you remember jeff hardy did it on raw a couple of weeks back with cedric alexander I yeah, actually well, that forgotten was, about that. Yeah, that was part of when uh, Vince McMahon's new backstage edict was everything needs to have stakes. So they just chucked a career on the line, and we criticised WWE very strongly for that. And this is nowhere near as bad as that. There has been some seeds like sown, and this was a good promo. But yeah, it does. It's in the same ballpark.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Anyway, let's yeah. see what you guys thought. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your Omega chats in there. We've had plenty. Uh, Anthony Velasquez, great episode of Dynamite as usual. Kudos to Cody for letting Black squash him. As for the post-match segment, I didn't mind it because at the end of the day, I'm not going to remember this obvious fake retirement angle. That's a problem, Anthony Velasquez. Mm. That's a massive problem. If you're just there going like, well, it's a stupid fake retirement angle, then there's no point in doing it, then is there? Rory Bullard's got a two-parter. Hey guys, Cody versus Black are all out. Cody loses and has to retire, only leaves for a year, comes back, rejoins the elite after what he said on the show, and challenges Paige for the title at Double or Nothing. Can't do that. Uh, Cody is broken, betraying his word, all right, and goes back on his word. Retirement and the world title. You have him, You have Paige beat Omega at Revolution and up is on top of the world the night after. You do the elite with Cody beat down Paige and the Dark Order, just how Brody did to Cody. Cody holding the title high. Thoughts? So Cody doing a big heel turn by like, yeah, I've, I've said of retiring, but I've actually not retired and I'm also going back on my other promise. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just really want Cody to turn heel at this point. But like, guys, he is literally Captain America. Like, he is the the big baby face in this feud. He's John Cena. He's. Mm. I don't think he's turning. Matt Hennessy. I'm glad Black won, but I'm having Brody Lee flashbacks from last year. Cody gets squashed, come back, comes back and wins the feud. I'm fine with the Black and Cody rematch, but Cody doesn't need to get his win back. I love AEW. I hope they don't make the same mistake again. Uh, I totally agree. Sorry, 
Seeing people shocked about Malachi's debut makes me laugh. This was exactly what I expected. After I just recently watched his matches from NXT, his Talk is Jericho podcast episode was brilliant insight. Glad to see AEW letting him loose and embracing it. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I think Cody wants time to be a dad and focus on being an executive vice president. Crowd seemed to be turning on him last night. I think he needs a break. Also, Ollie, how can you give this three out of five, same as Raw? You bang too much powder. Oh, you covered it in the news, Chan, that Chan. Different relative scales, folks. You say uh, that, Joe, when we were doing the uh, the Raw, we were doing the podcast intro and outro, Ollie said to me uh, that he thought Raw was better than this episode of Dynamite. <laughs> uh, word for word, that's what he said. <laughs> Not Jackson Schaffer. Hey, icons. Have we been called that before? We uh, haven't. I'm calling it now. Black will be the next TNT champion. Have him dominate the lower mid-card until December. Then have him pin Miro on the tw- uh, the 24th of December edition of Rampage to win it. Why that episode? If I have to pay because it's before Christmas? If I have to pay every week until he wins it, that's okay. Hashtag Black Mark. Um, well, it happened for New Punk Rants, didn't it? <laughs> so maybe it'll manifest. Uh, after this episode, I never want Miro to lose the title. Oh, man, it was so good. I'll just do... I'll I'll finish all the Malachi Black ones. Evan Buckley. Hey, lads, got my ticket for my first ever live wrestling show, AEW Grand Slam Hot Damn. That's the Daniel Bryan reported uh, debut. Here's hoping something mad happens at the show. Also, who would you like to see Black feud with in the lead-up to All Out? Cody Rhodes. I mean, he can't. Obviously, he can't because. Uh, but I wonder if it would just be. Does he need to have like a little mini feud? I guess he could just come out and just do some squash matches on so. TV. You don't want to get. Yeah, don't... You just don't want to rack up too many wins, there, do you? Because that that matters, messes with your rankings. John Moxley. I don't know. It's difficult. Who who's he got well, sort of history well, with? Got the, can... Moxley's got the Tanahashi feud that he needs to be yeah. building for all out. Uh. Who and Guerrero? Buddy Murphy. Riley Finlayson. Holy F word, Malachi Black is the coolest thing in wrestling. His entrance was incredible. Sweet Jesus. Patrick Cooper. Hey, guys, hope you're having a great Thursday. Remember back before Double or Nothing in 2019, Cody said at some point the business side is going to take over the wrestling side on Chris Van Vliet. So it could be a part of that. Stephen Guzman. I think for me, my feelings for the retirement tease will be determined by what comes after. I know you guys don't believe it, but I think Cody will turn heel by next year at some point. And if that helps uh, toward it, then it works. If not, yeah, kind of pants. Uh, Black Adam. I like Cody, but I'm tired of him. He does way too much for my liking, from overbooking his matches to his always over-emotional promos. Also, I feel as if there are too many factions. I don't see a real standout contender for any of their top titles. Yeah, I feel that too. But that was the point they were making, wasn't it? It was like everything's been building up towards Hangman who's left like there's no one mm. sort of left like uh, you know christian seems to be the ob- the obvious standout i feel like the bucks are going to be challenging someone from outside of uh, aew all out for the tank titles like that's what their promo was was like yeah. there's no one in aew so surely that means there's someone coming in whether that's i don't know god or something would be pretty rad but them addressing that doesn't make it okay no no, no. do you oh, think no, it no, is no, a bit of a problem mm. yeah, that yeah, i'm, I mean, I'm like... not into anyone else challenging for the title other than page we said this last week with the the bucks uh with someone that ultra chat and then there's just like the tag titles haven't felt like that special since the bucks won mm. them and i i you know i've actually come to agree with that 
And finally for now, Patrick Kaniski. Hi guys, last time Cody was in a squash match, he redeemed his loss against Brody Lee. When Black and Cody fights again, I don't want Cody to win. What are your thoughts? P.S. Thank you for the dance. He made another account just to sub again. Thanks, gents. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, yeah, and also, who's this? Thank you, Ten Ruza, for becoming a member as well. Um, yeah, you think Cody's going to come back and beat Black? I've said this since day one of the feud. They have a match on TV. That's a, and that's then... a joke. No, I think that's what happened. I think he has the match on TV, comes back for All Out, and he beats him at All Out. That's what Cody does. Like, I, mm. and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know why anyone's being surprised by all of this. Wow. Also, and I want to add as well, if this is a real retirement, I think they did a pretty piss poor job of it. Yes. Um, please do hit that subscribe button. You want to know why you should hit that subscribe button? Because we give you what you want. New Punk Rants, prepare yourself because it's time to review last night's AEW Dynamite Homecoming Edition. And we're kicking off with the opening match. Well, before the we get fourth. to that, oh. before we get to that, like this, this episode opened with something really, really special. I don't know if you caught this. But the crowd were chanting AE dub, which I'm pretty sure is the first time in the company's history that's ever happened. They must have heard me. They must have heard me <laughs> say it. Interrupting my really good <laughs> intro. We will start with the th third labor of Jericho, Chris Jericho versus Juventus Guerrero. New punk hey. rats. What's up? You made it happen, <laughs> my friend. Man, it's 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 uh I'm still in shock. I, I mean it's it's uh I've, like I said, I've seen the match at least five times uh since it's <laughs> happened. I have gone back and watched some of the older matches, including the Super Brawl match, which is shoot my favorite match of all time. Um yeah, I mean, I don't. It's 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 nuts, man. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, who would have thought? I guess my first question is, uh, New Punk Rants, when you uh you super chat, you ultra chat, I mean, it actually would have been a super chat back then. It's been so long that uh, right. for the Hubertu Guerrero reference between MJF and Cody Rhodes, did you at any point realistically think, oh, Hubertu Guerrero might actually be on this product at some point? Oh, um, actually, as soon as as soon as Jericho said it, I freaked out i was like okay it's gonna happen you know but i i was i was still doubtful because like then uh was it wrestlemania 36 or 35 whenever it was like the lucha house party they're having a match and then they they compared i think lindsay dorado to Hubertu guerrero and i was like okay so it's not gonna go nowhere because it's wwe they like kind of kiboshed the whole thing but then as AEW started to pay off their like long-term storylines i'm like okay i think something's gonna happen here and then I follow Hoovy, so yeah, I saw that he was going to do an interview with uh, Chris Jericho, so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, and then mm. he started doing, he started like training and stuff for wrestling, so I'm just like, this is going to happen, and I just took a shot, I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, he is my favorite wrestler, like Sean Ross Sapp has questioned it, you guys have questioned it, like I, <laughs> I did. 
he, he's he's far and away legitimately my favorite wrestler of all time. Like that's I, that's I can't that's as honest as I could be about it. So. What did you think of his performance last night? Because he was just in case people haven't seen it, it was Chris Jericho versus Hoovy in a match where Chris Jericho had to win with a move off the top rope, which I thought they dealt with quite inventively. Hmm. Yeah, um, they they did a they did a pretty good job. Now I will say. There was botches in the first couple of minutes. It is a Hoovy match. I know, like, I'm realistic. I'm not as, like, <laughs> like I wasn't expecting a seven-star Omega match, right? Like, I, I knew that there was going to be a little bit of, you know, but I think a lot of it was nerves. You can kind of tell that he was, you can kind of tell he was anxious to be on TNT and all that. Like, you can kind of, but once he got it out and he started doing the, uh, the soul butts, and then the attempted uh, Hurricane Rana into the walls, which I thought was great. I mean, mm. I... Oh, oh, I marked out so so big for that, and then you know, leading up to the Hoovy driver, which I screamed for. My my neighbor actually came outside to like, <laughs> are you okay? Because like, I, you know, because seeing that move again is just it was it was just like you know, like seven year old me was freaking out last night, and you know, um, it, it's just they, then they just kept ramping it up, and then once they got into a groove, you can just you started doing that uh that what was it like a flatliner thing that he did where he like put his back leg over and he like twisted Jericho that that move that he hit that I don't know what it's called um that was pretty cool and then they just it just seemed like they get once they got into a groove the crowd got into it and um I mean yeah just you know seeing Jericho win I knew it was gonna happen but you know just like seven-year-old me was hurt I was just like I wanted I just wanted you know um you wanted this major storyline to be derailed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want the world to burn. That's all that is. Yeah. It's, you know, it, you know, sacrifice it for Hoovy. Give him the belt. I'll I don't even care. At this point. <laughs> yeah. I'll certainly say this but, for, for, for Hoovy. Uh, in terms of like, you know, the, the labels of Jericho that we had, like I really enjoyed the Nick Gage death match last week and the Hoovy thing that we got this week that was really fun. The, the announcement of Wardlow at the end of this did maybe go like, oh, that's a bit of a letdown. Because mm. I feel like they've been really ramping this up. Like I was, I was always sitting there being like, "Who's who's the next one after Hoovy?" It just being Wardlow was like, "Yeah." You know, I don't hate this. You know, um, like I think I wanted Sammy. I think I think the Sammy, like where either Sammy can't fight back or, like you know, because Sammy's in the top five. You know, it's either Jericho wins and you know screws over. Uh, Sammy Guevara or he you know goes on to face MJF so it's like that dilemma so that's I was kind of in that mind but you know I think that is kind of a long-term thing with the Wardlow deal because if you remember the Cody feud I think the last match before they faced off was the cage match with Wardlow wasn't it, it? Was, yeah so so I think Wardlow being that fourth guy it also kind of makes sense given the history with like the inner circle and you know all that kind of stuff so I mean Maybe I'm kind of reaching for, you know, more of like the thing like, you know, I'm, I'm reaching more than maybe I should. But I mean, there's there's stuff to reach, too. So, I mean, it's at least competent to like, oh, OK, so this is like he's like the final boss before MJF. And I think, you know, while Wardlow's probably going to have to lose, I think MJF is going to do something to like have him lose. Like, I don't know what I don't know what, but I think him being there, I think that there's either going to be. Like, you know, some sort of, like, I think either MJF screws up or, you know, Wardlow gets too 
into what MJF is doing and then loses the match somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think I think Wardlow being the final boss is just like as as a long term thing. I think it's you know quite competent. You know why why not? You know he's kind of like your Brock Lesnar. Why not use him to try to destroy somebody? You know now he has to win at some point. I do agree. I know he lost the win against Cody. You know you don't want him losing all the time. But I get that part, but I think that he's strong enough and he's. You know, he's uh, I, I think that there's enough there that you can keep his momentum with just how, you know, badass he is. I don't know if that counts as a curse or whatever, but as no, you're fine to say that, I, I, I think I think it works. I think it works. I think it works enough to where it's like at least it makes sense. It's not like, oh, here's Joey Janela or something like I just I, just, I think it works. I think it, I just think it works with the story. And it's all. Yeah, it's definitely it's logical. But it's not um there were, there were quite a few big surprises. Yeah. yeah. On the uh just before you go, Meltzer was saying on today's Wrestling Observer Radio that he thought Hoovy looked incredible. And of all the guys that they that sort of appeared on this show with Ever Eyes Up later, he was like, They should sign Hoovy. Do you think <sighs> do you think the juice could be all elite? I, realistically, I, I, that pains me to say. I, I'm probably gonna say no, but I, if they do, I trust me. I, every week, I'll be <laughs> like, there would be, there would be some, there would be some kind of thing. But I mean, just getting to see him once was was incredible. And I mean, and, you know, I just want to give a big thanks to you know the Wrestle Talk community for you know putting me over. I, I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys for sticking with me and not. You know, not turning on me. You know, I know that there was there was a little bit of a period there, like just stop doing it. I totally get it. <laughs> I, We've had a lot of people trying to get gimmicks over before, but like, and we were me and Ollie were talking about this before we came on to air today. And the reason why this has worked, whereas some of the others haven't, is that there's sincerity behind this. This wasn't someone just being like, mm. I'm just gonna super chat in the same thing to try and get a gimmick over. This was genuine. You could feel like this guy loves Juventud Guerrero, and like, and that's why I think it completely got over with everyone. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, I, my only hope is that AEW is watching. IAW is like, <laughs> you know, just get, get, I know they appreciate long term storytelling. So, you know, they I think they'd appreciate this whole saga just as like a, <laughs> oh, that's neat kind of thing. So, um, we actually yeah, have. No, definitely we actually have some ultra chats that are dedicated to you. So I will just quickly read those okay. out. So Charles Berg said, let's be honest. We are not here to talk about dynamite. Today is new punk rants appreciation day. He is the <laughs> one who can manifest a new reality. He proved dreams do come true. He's possibly a time traveling wizard. New punk rants. You're a top tier baby face. And JJ said, hello lads. And the great new punk rants. Can we get a video package of all the ultra chats that new of new punk telling us of all the ju uh, juice was coming to AEW question Damn for new punk rants. Uh, question for new punk rants. Have you ever met Juventud Guerrera? And if not, can we arrange this? Have a nice day. Jam that jam. I, I mean, if there's a way to do it, uh, I mean, I am going to be going to the Arthur Ashe show, uh, Ooh. you know, so yeah, we're I'm getting the, I'm actually getting the tickets today and uh, getting that planned out. So I I mean I think we, there's a way we can make it happen. I I mean like I don't know I might pass out. Who knows? But it, <laughs> it, it, um, I mean who knows? I, I I mean I didn't think I'd get this far with it. So I mean you know uh, it, 
don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you very much. The boyhood dream has come true. Chat, let's get a new punk rants chant going. We'll speak to you later, new punk rants. Thank you so thank much you for, for everything. Thank you. What is, what is he doing there? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> what a guy. So what happy guy. for him. What a guy. That was wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the chat yeah, so I thought, that, I thought that, Guerra that, was that. rubbish on this. I thought <laughs> the, the Jews botched all over the place. <laughs> I'm kidding, new punk rant. <laughs> I thought he did all right. I thought it was a bit sloppy yeah. at the start, but I I actually quite enjoyed the match. And you know what? I think I might like the Judas Alvo. Are you are you turning around on the Judas effect? Are you? Something I popped for it. I popped, yeah. he hit it, and I was like, "But it's not off the top rope." And then he hit yeah, it off the works. top rope to win. I was yeah. like, oh, "I felt something." So after all these years. Uh, well, two, two, three. That could be happening. So, yeah, uh, Jericho won that first match. He'll face Wardlow next week, I guess, with MJF in his corner. AW kind of botched the announcement and said MJF would be the special guest referee, but it seems yeah. like he's just at ringside. So, it's just a normal yeah. match. That was my question I had was because. MJF said, I'll be at ringside. And then JR said, like, oh man, MJF will be the referee. That's going to really stack the deck against him. And I was like, mm. oh, was that the announcement? So I wrote my notes. Oh, I guess MJF's the ref. But yeah, no, I think it is just he is at ringside, which actually is an easier way to get Wardlow out of the match because you can do some botched interference by MJF to cost the finish. But like MJF being at ringside isn't all that different to what he's currently doing because he's on commentary. He's not that far from the ring. Yeah, Wardlow laid out both men afterwards. Uh, we got the Lucha Bros backstage who turned down Andrade and Chavo's offer saying they don't work for anyone. Pack was stuck in an airport or something. Then Hangman Page came in on a Dark Order interview and apologized to them for losing their tag title shots last week and said he thinks it's time they should go their separate ways now. He needs to do this by himself. And he walks out and Evil Uno is like, we've got to respect his wishes that which paid off so beautifully in the segment that comes up later on a real like emotional gut punch moment that was uh we then got by accident a dark elevation match i believe <laughs> darby <laughs> allen john moxley and eddie kingston had a really fun house show style match against uh the former ever rise in nxt um i haven't written down their names actually 2.0 carter yeah, uh, and Daniel Garcia, fun match. The crowd was super into it. I loved how over the paradigm shift and the coffin drop were. Like it yeah. felt like the crowd all stood up when Darby got to his to the top rope, and it was a great dive outside while um, one of two two point were talking to Sting. Uh, but yeah, overall, like yeah, bit bit of a just inconsequential fun match. Absolutely loved this. It was <laughs> so, so much fun. Like me and Laurie, when whenever Rise first debuted in uh NXT, I think they were going by a different name at that point. They certainly had different like in-ring names. And the way he like it comes down the ring with his hands up in the air, I remember saying to uh, to Laurie, I was like, this might be one of the best tag teams in NXT. Like this tag team is going somewhere because they have uh, got so much charisma behind them. The promo that they cut on social media to announce this, which I think then they did on dark and the promo that they did before this match. I was just like, I love this team. I just, they're not going to be like top title contenders. I don't think, but they are all, they're good solid hands to have as part of this unit. And Holt, this might be one of my favorite things on the whole show. 
I absolutely loved this six month. It was so much fun. The crowd was so massively into it. Everyone felt like a superstar coming out. That it was terrific. Yeah, I guess I just I feel like stuff lacks a bit of storyline progression and top tier feuding at the moment. And this was a fine, inconsequential throwaway six man. But uh, yeah, I just felt like this time could have been served better elsewhere. Cage versus Starks got a video package furthering that along. Uh, the Super Elite are backstage being goofy with the basketballs and the Good Brothers challenged the Dark Order for the Impact Tag Team titles on next week's Dynamite, I believe. Which is a bit like, why? You just, why are they getting a tag title shot? Yeah, that is a bit of a... I think it's the Dark Order might have challenged them or something they accepted the challenge. But it was like the whole point of last week's match was that they didn't get the tag title shots against mm. the Young Bucks. So now they're just getting a different tag title shot. Mm. Yes. Yeah, screw you, Impact, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, those belts are rubbish. Aren't they? They're, they're, those are worthless belts. There's an AEW show. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I, it didn't really work. I'm, I'm sure the match <laughs> will be good, though, but I, I don't... He's a bit like, I know some people criticized this yesterday, the index thing on NXT, which is just like the whole stipulation was you're a lover or a loser until so we lost her, but then got the girl anyway. So I was like, well, what was the point of the stipulation? And it kind of is the same thing. It was like, if they're going to get a tag touch anyway, what was the point of the stipulation last week? At least they were different titles and it was a week after, as opposed to <laughs> the exact thing that was banned from happening immediately after the result. Um, the cool thing here, was that I've only identified two, but some someone said that every member of the elite was dressed like a potential signing. So oh, yes, Kenny Omega, yeah. Kenny Omega had a Cookie Monster T-shirt on, and for, for for half of today I've been like, why has he got the Cookie Monster? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until I posted my news and someone was like, oh, Cookie CM CM Punk, and I was from like, God damn it, that's so yeah, obvious. He said that in interviews before as well when people have asked him what does the CM Punk stand for? Yeah, yeah, stand yeah. for Cookie Monster. Mm. Um, and Doc Gallows was wearing a robe, which he has done in the past, I believe. But of course, Ric Flair was released on Monday. Do you see any others? Yeah, uh, the Bucks were wearing Hawaiian shirts, which people have said oh. referenced to Bray Wyatt. Of course. Um, after the, Oh, yeah. And the Bucks said that there's no one left to challenge them for the tag titles. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Who bit of a floundering in... division i'm gonna actually just i'm gonna go on to i'm gonna go onto the aew twitter page now to see who is currently ranked in the top five for the for tag title for a company that has really arguably the most stacked tag division in the world which we keep putting over they've not built up another the only other team they've built up this year it's two singles guys as Moxley and Kingston. Yeah. Because like Lucha Bros are in their feud with Andrade. FTR and Santana Ortiz are in their deal. Um, Private Party have sort of become just sort of like secondary characters to Matt Hardy along with uh, Jurassic the Express. Series. Jurassic Express have just sort of been hanging out with Christian Cage. So they haven't really. Yeah. I'm like uh, Men of the Hour, I guess we're feuding with Sting. Sting and Darby Allen, I guess, are the only other big tag team uh, that's. That you could argue you dark, know, they've got dark two, order they've got two wins and dark order are the only other mm. team that they've been building up but now they can't get their shot i'm still scrolling by the way i will find it eventually uh oh i got good. it got it got it got it I so say. we have currently got you'll love this 
So obviously, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson are, you know, they are the tag champs. Ranked number five, Private Party with a seven and one records. Ranked uh, number four is Jurassic Express, also with seven and one. FTR are uh, ranked third with a six and zero record. Then it's the acclaimed with absolutely no controversy behind them at the moment. So there's a team you could definitely put into there. Um, they are ranked two with a fourteen and three record. Ranked number one currently, the Varsity Blondes. Uh, Pillman Garrison. <laughs> they had a they had a title match this year. It's okay that that acclaimed stuff won't happen again because Tony Khan is going to learn Final Cut Pro and he's going to edit all of <laughs> all of the shows from now on. I've heard. That's what I've heard as well. Yeah, this it goes back to that. And again, because I was running about Kenny Omega thing. Remember the December eighteenth Dynamites with the Dark Order angle at the end of it, and everyone was like, "Well, that weren't good at all." And then Tony Khan was like. All right, I'm I'm taking over the booking now. And since then, Dynamite was great. Now Tony Khan's like, you can't even edit shows like together without something going wrong. I'll bloody do it, shall I? Just just write some guidelines. <laughs> uh, after this, we got Christian Cage versus the Blade. That was set up the previous week when the Blade attacked Christian with uh, brass knucks. Pretty standard match. Layla Hirsch and the Bunny brawled backstage early on uh, to set up their match later on. Blade went for the Brucks, the Brucks, the Brass Nucks. Again, Christian won with a spear. That made him the number one contender, that victory, which, good grief, is a lame way to <laughs> sort of position yourself for a shot at the world title. We should have seen this coming, really, shouldn't we? Because, like, that's what Christian said. Like, the first thing that Christian did when he came in was have an angle with Kenny Omega over the title. Mm. And ever since then, we're just like, I'm going to work my way up the rankings to get this spot. And we were sort of like, we were hooked, hoodwinked by the red herring of Hangman Page, a storyline that people were really into, was what we were getting is this storyline that no one is into. I can't. I think it's a red herring. I think this is a week-to-week -week version of the finish of the Casino Battle Royal, where you all think, oh, Christian's going to get it. And then like maybe he goes, you know what, Hangman Page, you were hard done by. Let's have a... Let's have a match, and the winner out of that gets to face Kenny. Otherwise, I just... Yeah. The, uh, if it's Cage versus Omega, that's not the main event of the show, which is actually, no. I think, would be, you know, I, I, that doesn't feel like the main event of All Out, which means I think they have a bigger match planned, which could you know, be a CM Punk match, CM Punk Dab. Punk Alan versus Allen, yeah. Like, but yeah, like it's Punk's first match in seven years. Like that's the actual main event of um of the pay-per-view, which is good, kind of good of a recurring for um old uh, Kenny Omega to not be the main event of the pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, like I think if it is Cage, it's that doesn't feel like the main event of the pay-per-view. It feels like the main event of a TV show, but not mm. the main event of, of one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year. It's uh yeah, I'm <laughs> There's a lot of bits. It's crazy how like quickly, not that I can sour, but I'm just, I, I've, I've been so into AEW throughout July and then they do this episode and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> like, what, what, who's going for the titles? I just, do you think a lot of stuff has been shaken up because of the Punk Brian stuff? Plans have been rerouted. They did say that plans have, have changed. There's also a lot of people saying that uh, Paige probably won't be at All Out because his, uh, his wife's expecting around that sort of time. So like that might take him off TV. Like When we get to that angle later on, that felt like an injury angle to take Paige off of TV. After this, we got a video package hyping Dax wanting revenge 
for Cash Wheeler getting his arm ripped off by that top turnbuckle against Santana and Ortiz. Uh, again, just sort of like sidelining these two teams to a video package. Britt Baker came out for an in-ring promo uh, with Tony Schiavone and Red Velvet came out and said, I want a shot. And now that they're having a shot next Friday on Rampage. On Rampage. Um, in all fairness, she is uh, was ranked number three. So I know she certainly was within her rights to, to change that over Ty Conti and Thunder Rosa. But I feel like Thunder Rosa versus Baker is the match you do it all out. Like that's the actual yeah. big match that you want to see. This is just a match to kind of like get people to tune in for Rampage. And it's in Pittsburgh. So, you know, we get. Uh, I, I think it makes sense to do this. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a fine match. Yeah, it's it's a fine match, but it's just it's a bit uninspiring, you know. Well, that's that's uh, the women's division overall, isn't it? I was thinking yeah. about this last night, and I was like, why doesn't the women's division ever feel special in AEW? And someone mentioned it in an ultra chat. There's too many factions, uh, which I don't agree with, by the way. I love the mm. fact that everyone is within a faction and has got their own group of friends. I think that makes things feel a bit more like 3D. But women don't have factions. They're all just they're either part of men's factions. Or they're on their own. Or with Vicky Guerrero. Or with Vicky Guerrero. So like, I think that's kind of why sometimes the women's vision feels like secondary. Because mm. everyone is in a faction. Whereas all the women are just like, ah, we're on our side. Unless we're hanging out with a load of lads. Um, what happened after that? Uh, Fuego del Sol was brought in to clean Andrade's shoes by Chavo. And poor guy got beaten up again. This was kind of a message to the Lucha Bros. I thought. Andrade and Chavo look pretty cool here, actually. I, I thought it was really good. I feel like they're gathering steam for whatever acts they have planned. Then we got the Hangman Page promo. So Page comes out, starts to talk to Tony Schiavone immediately after the Britt Baker promo in the ring with Tony Schiavone, which just from... I, th I thought that was a bit, you know, repetitive. But then uh, the Super Elite Jocks... I think it's because this was at the top of the hour. And right. like, and Kenny in this storyline has uh, proven to be a very a big draw, as has Brit in terms of like quarter hours. So mm -hmm. they wanted to put this at the top of the first hour. Um, then the Super Elite came out, and you had this great visual of them all standing there, and Paige is all alone. So really, again, this is like Kenny Omega all over, isn't it? You put so much detail into how a story will look visually, and Kenny says, "Hey, if you're trying to join the Elite." You no longer fit the bill. Look, we're all champions now. You're a loser. Page slaps him. The Dark Order come down to save Page from this beatdown. And it's it's John Silver and Alex Reynolds mainly. But then Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, like, no. Like, they're the dads of the group. No, you stay back there. He said he doesn't want us. Fight. He's it's got to do fight. this alone. It yeah. was heartbreaking. Amazing. So mm. good. Like it was a real, like, as I mentioned earlier, a proper gut punch as well, because Paige is being beaten up. You want to see someone come down and make the save for him. But Uno and Grayson are right. This is what Adam wanted. Adam wanted to be on his own at this point. So he has to take this being on his own. And it was, like, I felt, and I've said this many times in the show before, but because he looks like Pete, it hurts me so much more when John Silver either loses or gets told off. We hate though, Pete. We no, we hate Pete, obviously. But like, it, it was just yeah. It's I, I really I thought this was great. I thought this was awesome. Yeah, really, really good. Kaz runs down because you know, it's the, it, he's the elite hunter. He's not very successful good at, it at it as well. 
Um, but yeah, they closed the segment with knocking out Paige with the title as a bit of poetic uh, charged object. Yeah, and again, another good segment. I just I can't see them dropping this for a month. Yeah, well, they are because Christian Cage literally says in his promo next week, I'm going to get elite because he's going to challenge Kenny Omega for the title all out. Like, so we know who the top, we know who the title contender is, Ollie. They said it many times throughout this show. It's Christian Cage. And this Which makes I said, me this, think they're going the other not, way. Is this like the CM Punk thing? You know, we've mentioned, we're dropping references. We've booked a 25,000 seat, seat building in Chicago, but he's not going to debut at that show. Um, no, I, I Chris think Hero. This is <laughs> I think this is a way to write him off TV for a bit. Uh, I, that that was the impression I got. Maybe it is so we can go away, like and be ready. You know, like they because they did the the Bucks knee thing was how they wrote John Moxley off before he went to uh, for Renee to give birth. Could mm. be maybe I'm reading too much into it, which is also potentially there. I think this is one of these things where I don't know what's happening right now. I'm not particularly into the direction because there is no direction. But we trust in AEW. You know, it's a, it's not like WWE where you're like, oh, God, gonna, whatever we what think, it's going to be even worse. Uh, <laughs> but here it's like, I trust them to do something good. Uh, Dan Lambert was up next, cutting a pre-recorded promo. Good God, he's good. And he he's said he's going to show up next week and he's bringing back up. It would be some, uh, an MMA guy. Ma guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna go against Lance Archer. Then we got actually, genuinely, my favorite thing on the show. Oh, really? Miro versus Lee Johnson, and Miro with this star. Like he, he is. I think this presentation of Miro is actually beyond Tank Rusev at WrestleMania. Yeah. Because there was always a little bit of irony, right, in the Tank Rusev. This is pure, full-on, legit badass. I want to see him all the time. And he comes down. He, he, you know, just dominates Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes at ringside. But Lee Johnson just hits this lucky DDT. Miro springs up like he's going to no-sell it and then, like, walks forward, stumbles, drops to a knee. That is, like, that's like Ishii selling. That is, I'm a tough guy. I'm still going to come at you, but my body is failing me. My mind is stronger than my body. And that gives Johnson this in to have a brief, a brief flurry back. Makes Johnson look awesome, but in the end, game over. The whole crowd chanted along for it. Oh, God. Miro is incredible. I love this. I love this iteration of him. It's so, so good. And this goes back to that whole, you know, you put the trust into AEW. Because when he did, when he came in, his whole shtick with uh, Kip Sabian about, hey, do you know what I like? Street Fighter. Didn't really work. Old. Like, it didn't really connect with a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of people were like, a bit sort of sour on it. And But this is like a much better version of Miro. This is mm. really, really good. That is AEW seeing something didn't work and pivoting to something else. And I loved this. And it was really good. That staggering moment was so, so good. There was even moments, and they would put this over really well on commentary. When Johnson was doing his dives, he did this big trio of dives. Miro caught him on the last dive, but he still went down with him. And they were like, 
he caught him, but he couldn't like stop the momentum going against it. So Miro was still like the all-powerful man, but that momentum just slightly overtook him. It wasn't like mm. he just caught, got caught with a lucky move. And then eventually he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm sick of this selling now. And it was just the, the big match kick and the game over. Yeah, absolutely loved it. A bit like how Brock Lesnar will do that little bit of selling. And it just means all the more for it. I, I yeah, th- this is peak Miro. You know, this is this is yeah. exactly what we all thought he could be to the hundred percent version. I'm so happy for the guy. Did uh, you see as, what um, Lana as... Lana tweeted? I didn't know. It was a picture of her doing the splits on a kitchen counter with a mixing bowl, and the caption said, "Just making brownies for my hubby." <laughs> He's a lucky guy. He's a lucky, oh, oh. lucky guy. That double-jointed wife he was talking about. Uh, producer Rich has got some feedback for you here, Ollie. Uh, good God, he's good. Heartbreaking. Beyond Tank Russo for WrestleMania. Still only three out of five, though. Yeah, yeah. When you cherry-pick your quotes, Rich, what about all the bits <laughs> where I said, I'm confused about who's challenging for what? I don't feel like there's any start, like any legit challenges apart from the champions. What are they doing with Christian? He's not into that. Oh, he sent us a private message now. <laughs> oh, I love you, kiss, kiss. <laughs> That's when we got the Christian uh, Cage talking about being the number one contender uh, to Tony backstage. Marvez can't remember. Um, uh, and yeah. he, Tony Giovanni. he, he said he'll challenge the elite next week. Really, uh, we got the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch. The best friends were in Layla Hirsch's corner. Um, this was for, to become the number one contender for the NWA Women's Championship, uh, which is currently held by Camille, who is very tall, and she was at ringside. Okay, match. Um, yeah. This this did a better yeah. job building up the NWA Women's title than they put, like, in months into the, a- into the AWs. Yeah, because this match is taking place at um, Empower, um, which I think is it's next month, I think, or it might be this month. Um, the match was fine. I'm, I'm more into the bunny than I am Layla Hirsch, I think. Like, I thought the bunny looked really good in this. And I was kind of, you know, I didn't ever think she was going to win because I think what they wanted was that visual at the end of this. Because Layla Hirsch is about four foot two. So when she gets in the ring and Camille, who I think is eight foot tall, like they stand up there and like, you know, Layla's like looking directly, like cranking her neck. Like she sat front row of a movie theater and now can't actually see the screen, like cranking her neck all the way up to see it. I'm sure that match will also be fine. I like Layla Hirsch. It's just, I thought the bunny was, I feel, I feel like the bunny get, doesn't get enough in AEW. That would be my, mm-hmm. my critique. I'm the opposite. I really like Layla Hirsch. I like the way she wrestles. And yeah, I, I liked it. Um, and then we just got a, a Jade Cargill promo with Smart. No, what's he? Smart Mark, Mark Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, Mark Sterling, who said that the Jade brand is coming back. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Great. Great use of that momentum from the Shaq match. Well, she's getting, she's racking up wins on dark and dark elevation, you know. Is she though? Has she been on those? Because it made yeah, it sound she... like she hasn't been. No, I think she's she had a away. match on dark elevation last week or so because people were talking about her do? amazing outfit on it. What she go on Twitter do? more? Uh, no. No, I will not go on Twitter more. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, getting Max Caster cancelled like that, you goddamn Twitter. <laughs> Rightly so. Uh, I had a tweet yeah. go. Um, I had a tweet go semi-viral uh, the other day. 
over the Ronda Rousey thing. I put up um, oh, yes. a quote from uh, Clerks, uh, the Randall Graves quote, uh, which is um, this job would be great when for the F in customers uh, with an image that would be like Ronda Rousey would be like, did really well on Twitter. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't often happen for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, like nearly 4,000 likes. I was really impressed. I've also got some good news uh, before we get into the ratings. Uh, I've, I live. I don't know if everyone's aware of the UK situation at the moment, but there's a big cladding scandal. And my flat has cladding on, which means that we can't really sell or get a mortgage or anything. Um, and we, it looks like we're going to have to get a new roof. And I asked the contractors how much it's going to cost to get the new roof put in. And they said, it's on the house. I feel like you told that much better to me and Rich the other day. I haven't told that to you before. <laughs> so I gave it a three out of five. I think I stand by that by AW standards. Well, here's the here's the thing, Ollie, is that I also gave it three out of five, but I gave Raw one out of five. That's the difference, is because you said that Raw was a better show. That's legit what you said to me at the start of this. You said that you enjoyed Raw more. <laughs> I was joking. So, like, for, for me, like this was a this was a bang average episode of AEW. So yeah, I would have also given it three out of five. And pretty much all of those stars are going on the Hangman page, uh, elite <clears> stuff, <throat> and that six man tag, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Well, let's get into our Patreon shout-outs before we get into the rest of your Omega chats. But actually, quick, just um, I was talking to one of the contractors, actually. Because he owns a... He owns, his, his brother owns a an indoor boat sail shop. So, you know, you buy, you buy the boats... You get it's like a car showroom. You walk around inside. You like, I want that boat, and you take it out, and you know, you do the thing. Sailboats as well. So you've got the big masts. And I said, "How are sails? You know, buying stuff." He says, "They're through the roof." So sails are through the roof. For. Thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. There's never been a better time to join. Fantastic, Mr. Good Old Fox. Uh, oh, no, it's not a clap, is it? Uh, he's no jackass, Dano. No one names their kid this anymore. Larry. The Roller Costa, Robert Acosta. We'll always mark out for Ollie, especially his jokes. Landrum. WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. The Vision, Adonis. Ryan B. Bad. Shield Maiden, the Zornis. Chris, the Cypriot Sensation Patrol. His contract is expiring soon. Everyone forgot about it in the NXT contract reviewing department. Ronald Coleman, baby! And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on August 5th, 
2021. He can last, Sean Furlong than you in the ring thank you all so much please do head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk there's never patreon but a better time to be a better pledge hammer so head on over there uh, and sign up because uh, we currently got the poll running for wrestletalk extra uh, ollie davis which is the monthly show that you and i do where we review classic pay-per-views for about three to four hours they tend to mm-hmm. run. usually about the same length that a pay-per-view runs for because we're just as bad as wwe and wrestlemania at times currently winning this month's poll is SummerSlam 2002 which is a show that you thought we'd already done but we haven't and i'm i'm hoping that's 29 percent of the vote but coming in at a hot second wcw new blood rising which is the follow-on pay-per-view from bash of the beach which we did last time maybe that has the the explanation of what scott steiner was doing in the hallway i mean maybe i need to know Right, we've got a lot of Omega Chats. Thank you all, everybody. Um, Let's go through these. Matt Hennessy, I hope the Cage title match is a swerve or done on TV. If AEW go with Cage over Page for All Out, it will be a WWE move on AEW's part, going for the established instead of what's red hot. I like Cage, but if he fights Omega at All Out, I can see fans turning on the match. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I, But as I said, I don't think it's going to be the main event. But it's just, I made a joke about it earlier. It's not hot at the moment. Maybe they can do something for the rest of August to ramp up the heat, but you're never going to reach that Hangman Page heat. Uh, Matt Hannessy again. I want Page to beat Kenny at All Out. All Out is where Page has always failed. He lost out on being AEW first champion at the first All Out, and last year he lost the tag belt and was kicked from the Elite. He can finally redeem himself by beating Kenny to become AEW World Heavyweight Champion. That's not what the belt's called, is it? It's the world champion. Yeah, it is the world, yeah, yeah world champion. Uh, Joe Jose Bautista, uh, what do you guys think of Hangman challenging Christian Cage for his title shot? Hangman refuses to accept his failure and needs to redeem himself. Cage needing to outwork everyone, he accepts. That sets up the main event for August 20th Rampage. I, yeah, that's, I don't know if I like that, but that's the best thing I can think of. Yeah, Page has got to like, because i don't know man because christian's whole deal has been outwork everyone and he has outworked everyone to climb his way up the rankings if pages has been like on dark well now but me no all of it's been on dynamite in all fairness mm. to christian it's all been on dynamite if then page comes out be like no but me though it doesn't really feel like a hero's journey he's actually just stopped a different hero mm. Jaden Jones, donating before the show, but wanted to ask if anyone thinks that Kenny's Cookie Monster shirt, I'm referencing it, uh, saying C stands for champion. This could be another subtle wink at the punk news. Could be reaching, though. Thanks. Jam that jam. I think he also quoted a cult of personality line, like look in my eyes or something. Yeah, Uh, they're they're doing it to work everyone. Keith Lloyd, more devastating breakup, Hangman and the Dark Order, or Ollie and Megan? I'm not religious, but I'm all in on God's favourite champion. Keep up the great work, lads, and keep Ollie dancing. Not a real doctor in training. Did you see Hangman leave a disc on the desk in the Dark Order segment? I wonder what's on that. 
Also, I forget who suggested it, but seeing Daniel Garcia last night, I'm totally down for Brian setting up Dan the Danielson Dojo on his debut and recruiting him. I like that. Uh, no, I didn't see a disc. I did not, no. Hmm. Spider65. I hope Kenny versus Cage will be on the first rampage because Brit versus Red Velvet isn't enough. As I watched Cody's promo, I thought Ollie will enjoy this and Luke will grow. I've never seen... <laughs> Opposite. Uh, I've never seen a Tommy End match before and I loved it. Wow, what a treat. Uh, you should go back and watch some of the NXT stuff. Danny Torkel, new pledge hammer and first time Omega Channel. Thank you. Thank you to all uh, Wrestle Talk for helping me get through these past months after my dad's death. What do you think about Hangman getting his title match at Grand Slam with their biggest crowd ever in New York City? Well, I think now the Chicago Rampage has overtaken that. Mm -hmm. um, but that, yeah, could be. You need it's a big match for that show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they'll uh, want to put on a big, big <clears throat> match for it. Yeah. Sari saw a lot of people after the Dark Order and Hangman breakup yesterday saying again that Bray should come and become the new leader of Dark Order. Am I the only one who doesn't want that to happen at all? Just wouldn't feel right for me. But I trust AEW and negative one smiley face. I mean, the Dark Order themselves make this joke because it's what everyone says as soon as someone leaves WWE. Oh, they could be, and they've got something spooky about them. Oh, they could be the leader of the Dark Order. The Dark Order aren't a spooky bunch of lads anymore. They're a goofy bunch of lads. They're, they're, their leader is a child. And mm. yeah, Negative One is the leader of the Dark Order. Uh, Sergio Martinez. They could do Christian versus Omega at the New York show coming up and then have Hangman at All Out. See, the problem is All Out is before then. Yeah, the New York uh, show is until like the end of September. But with a stipulation added, like if Hangman loses, he leaves AEW or the Dark Order will have to disband. What do you guys think? I don't think you need steps. a stipulation. I don't think you mm. need a stipulation on the match. It's hot enough as it is. You don't need bells and whistles around it. But how does Paige get that match? Well, I don't think Paige is getting the match at all out. Paige is probably going to mm. have his match at full gear. Tenduigi. I didn't want to Omega chat, but if your friend is getting jumped and you don't help them just because they needed space, you're a bad friend. The oh, but respect his wishes argument is utter bull S word. Also, I thought the Christian match was for Rampage. Didn't think he announced a, a, what it would be or whether it would be a match. Yeah, he just said that he will see the elite next <clears> week. <throat> well, you know, we'll probably be to announce there his match. What do you make of the other thing though about them? You know, because I, I, I really liked the the Dark Order thing because I thought it was it, it's both sides of the argument. You know, John Silver yeah. and, and Alex Reynolds wanted to help their friends. Uno and Grayson were like, but we should respect their wishes. You are like, it's both sides of what you were saying there as being represented. I think in real world, yes help your friend from getting to stop them getting beaten up no matter what they say but in superhero wrestling well that's a that's a nice way to tell a moral struggle i thought it was very well done the other thing as Same well is, and we well we said this with them um, the uh, the bucks versus omega and page at revolution the great thing about that storyline is you could see it from everyone's point of view like everyone mm -hmm. had their own issues with each other and everyone had legitimate reasons and that's why the storyline worked here yeah. and it's the same like you know tendu you can see it from reynolds and silver's point of view other people might see it from uno and grayson's point of view like that's kind of what you know it's a good conflict spider 60 65 <laughs> Didn't want to get the wrong spider. In the beginning of Hangman's promo, when the elite comes out, he says, I'm glad you're here. There's something I needed to say to you. I thought, oh my God, he's going to apologize. Did anyone else think this? AEW has made me excited for a possible apology. Yeah, I don't know what he was going to say. Probably apologize to the audience for letting them down. 
because he did let them oh, down. Oh, for the he, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Phantom FTW <clears throat> said, between Miro, Malachi 2.0, and all these Easter eggs in the backstage elite segment, I think we could have called this episode. Well, Vince, let's have a look at what you could have won. Jack Nichols, what a fantastic show. AEW is excellent, and so are you guys. I had a dream where I wrote this letter. Dear Vince, Crown Jewel 2021, HBK versus MDK, Blood Money Death <laughs> Match. Book it, you coward. Oof. Dead Punk 1905. Hi guys, hope you enjoyed Dynamite. Have to work today, so no Thursday morning AEW for me. Watching it in bits on my phone. Was Hangman going to apologize to the Bucks? If Kingston is over now, what will the pops be like if Monkston were to turn on Eddie? Oh wow. Yeah, I don't want that to happen for a while, but I think a babyface Eddie heel mocks. Great idea down the line. Um no, I think Hangman was going to apologize to the audience. Chris Wagstaff, the presentation of Miro and Black last night was superb. Can Miro hold the belt forever? Also, Christian surely to challenge Omega in the main event of First Dance. Punk to come out afterwards and face Omega to close the show. So here's the thing I would say on that is we recently reviewed Backlash 2000, which had the big Austin come. Like, there was Austin's first show after the Survivor Series injury angle took him out. Right, He wasn't ready to come back, but they needed to pop the buy rates. They brought Austin back early for this one-off thing. During that main event, because the audience were ex- waiting for Austin to come out, a lot of them are there just cranking mm. their heads and looking down the interrupt, not focusing on the match in ring, just waiting for the thing, waiting for Austin to come out right. And it is a nuclear pop when Austin comes out. And it's one of the, my favorite moments ever. But it comes at a bit of a detriment to the match. However, so for me, if you're going to do this thing at Chicago, like he almost has to open the show because otherwise all you're going to have is people uninterested in two hours of a TV show, or actually the one hour of the TV show, waiting for Punk to come out. I don't know, man. <laughs> Does it build anticipation? Am I am I looking at it from the wrong side? Of the I court? think I, you know, you've got, you've definitely got an argument, but I don't think it's clear cut. No, 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 not at all. Uh, Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hello, boys. It's been a fine show by AEW standards. Great, great wrestling. Apart from the Page Elite storyline and Bucks Rhodes match at the post angle, feels like this was somewhat a missable show. Feel free to disagree with me. Low four out of five. Love you, Davis and Luke. Uh, Nemo Toad. Raw and AEW getting the same rating. Ollie sucking up the Khan coin. The Nick Khan coin. Nichols. <laughs> I like Nichols. Uh, another entertaining episode needs more Camille towering over everyone. She and Thunder Rosa bringing more eyes to NWA than Nick Aldis has. Uh, sorry, Darby with Eddie and Mox just makes so much sense to me after the respect endorsement Mox gave to Darby after their AEW title match last year. I don't know if I needed more uh, with those three together, but yes, please. I'll never stop laughing at the suicide dive. It's just perfect. Alpaca Nation putting on a tinfoil hat here between Gallows Robes, Cody doing the woo before the figure four and Hangman going on his own leads me to him being managed by Ric Flair to get him back in the title picture. R.I.P. Fuego again. Jam that jam. I don't think Paige needs Flair as a manager. The story's him going alone. This is a good fun one here from Buzz. No CM Punk or uh, Bray Wyatt chants I heard during this show, which says something about the booking of AEW. Yeah, this crowd were massively into this show. Really the only thing they The only thing they went into was um, the Bunny versus Legit Layla Hirsch. Everything else they were super hot for. 
Uh, James Hanley told my wife that CM Punk will debut in Pittsburgh when we are there because that's where he had his last official match. She said something about denial. And I had to correct her by saying, <laughs> no, that name is Daniel Bryan. I'm talking about CM Punk. Very good, James. You know, if you if you chat enough, like me, <laughs> Punk Rants did... <laughs> Ao Bear one three eight said Miro's ability to put over up and coming talent while maintaining his dominant aura is noteworthy. He is special. That was a blueprint of using in ring work to build new stars. I'm banging all the Miro powder. Love you guys. Not Jackson Schaffer says hey again icons. Just want to clarify. I agree Miro is incredible and this fantasy booking uh, is he is winning it back and turning it babyface. Have Black hold the title until April and then Miro pin him on Good Friday's Rampage just so JR can shout he is risen again. Uh, Peter Mullins, while we're manifesting stuff, I'm calling it now. Tony Khan to come out saying a former world champion is coming to AEW only for Vince to uh, turn up and restart the million dollar giveaway. Calls me and I send in all the super chats asking to do it again. Uh, Alpaca Nation would love to see Switchblade or Chris Bay or G.O.D. challenge the Young Bucks for the tag titles to further the Bullet Club Elite storyline. I, I saw a few people AW say care about Impact. I, I I would disagree on that one. Um, I uh, I've seen a few people say that they would love for Switchblade to be the challenger for All Out, um, which I, I I think is also pretty rad. Title for title as well. James Hanley, I would like to defend Ollie's different scales for Raw and Dynamite. Finally. Having to grade Raw is a lot like having to grade feces that you can study it all you want, but at the end of the day, you're looking at a big pile of crap. The grade is just arbitrary. That last line there is the most important thing you said there, James. The grade is arbitrary. Everything we say, like the, the score at the end is an arbitrary number. Wrestling Talk Sign Guy, uh, was it just me? Or was the guy in the front row with the million signs really distracting? Most of them were too long to even read, and he didn't even seem to care about the show. I'd like to apologize on behalf of sign guys everywhere. I didn't mind. Did you see one of them? I paused it to read it, because it was long, you're right. But it was like, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez and other wrestling journalists aren't paid by Nick Khan to say nice things about them. Reading as your friend? But it was like all in one... <laughs> That's great. Uh, Matthew McFadden, feel like the more subtle fourth labor of Jericho would be against Sammy, where he has to win by knockout, like a last man standing. Would be great for the emotional moments. Also, Malachi's entrance was perfection. Mm. Donkey Kong Country returns. I'm not sure if that's but DKC returns. Perhaps it's because the Good Brothers were pinned in the 10-man tag. Oh, as to why the Dark Order are getting their shots against the Good Brothers. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I believe it was Grayson that got the pin as well. That's very good. Well done. Yep, take that back. I, t I take everything back. That makes total sense now. Yeah, well done. Thank you very much for pointing that out. Uh, perhaps that's why they're putting the titles on the line. Uh, plus, it's impact making those matches. Different philosophies for matchmaking, I guess. Shrugs. Yeah, I think you had it right there. Uh, the legit underboss. Um, so Stephen Larson make a joke that Dynamite is two separate shows. The main show and Cody Island. Also, do you not worry that Tony Khan is going to burn himself out with all the jobs Jaguars, Fulham, his own personal company, AEW? Yeah, the last thing he needs to be doing is editing the 10 hours of YouTube wrestling content that AEW also make. He's got yeah. Rampage starting next week. Uh, do, you know, uh, do you know what AEW doesn't need? Four shows a week. It doesn't need to have four shows a week, guys. Uh, Ten Ruser, hey guys, happy to become a member today. With AEW going to Pittsburgh next week, do you uh, do you think we'll see Kurt Angle show up? 
So Rampage will be on Fight TV here in Australia. I think it is all of the... Yeah, Rampage is going to be on Fight, I believe. Um, He, I mean, Kurt says no. He's been asked a lot in interviews recently. Uh, Well, you know, uh, Brian Cage kept saying that he hadn't signed with AEW either. And in fact, it's just those wrestling journalists making up (laughs) stories again. Um, Peter Mullins, who do you think is like Selena Vega? God, those all those wrestling journalists writing up stories saying she was returning to WWE. They were hurting her career. Peter Mullins, do you think uh, Dan Lambert's backup? Uh, who do you think is Dan Lambert's backup for facing Lance Archer? As an MMA fan, my group of wrestling lads were making up, uh, making me run down American top team fighters. My top pick, Bellator's King Mo, which could set up a fight with Hager or Filthy Tom Lawler, now of NJPW. I am not au fair with any MMA stuff. Conor McGregor, uh, I don't know. But I think, uh, yeah, like a sort of showcase match with someone like a Hager going into All Out would be a a really smart play on AW's part. Problem is, Hager's within a circle. It'd be weird for him to just start hanging out with a different group. Oh, no, but like a match against them? Oh, but I guess the match will be against Lance Archer. So, yeah, that's silly. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher Jackson, Jay White <laughs> is booked for Warrior Wrestling on the 21st, the day after Rampage in Chicago. I think Christian will be before that. Then Jay White challenges Kenny for All Out, maybe even puts the never open weight title on the line to jam that jam, which is what we were just uh, saying a little bit earlier. That would be cool. Uh, Dan Lin, hey guys, what does jam that jam mean? I followed the channel for years, but I'm still unsure. Ha ha. Uh, so on Quizzle Mania, there's a round where you've got to guess the wrestler by their tattoo. And there was one of Hulk Hogan's arm tattoo that says, I am that I am. And Andy Datsun thought it said, jam that, <laughs> jam, that jam. And just, yeah, then we've done everything about that <laughs> since. But a Thanks, wump. Pete. Butterwump. Hey, Luke and Ollie and all of the Talk team. Now that you're returning to the office, I want to thank you all for the entertainment during the COVID era. Guess now it's the best time for becoming a pledgehammer. Damn you, Ollie, and your dancing. Yes, it sure is. We should do a video package like they did for Daily's Place. All the moments that happened <laughs> in the remote era. I was having a conversation with my friend Tom. This is about a few years, maybe last year or so. And we just happened to mention like bum fights. It just sort of came up mm. in conversation. And then we both was like, oh yeah, bum fights. He turned to his wife and he said, do you remember bum fights? And she said, do I look like the sort of person that remember what bum fights is? And I was oh. like, oh yeah, that was very much just a, a boy thing for like, sort of the late nineties, early aughts. But do you remember it? Yeah, I didn't like it. I because I've t- I've told you my one of my best friends' older brother. I'm pretty sure was a sociopath. Oh, yes, he was. Bone yeah, he, yeah, the guy who would uh, you know make us all watch porn with his his older friends and then make us stand up. And if anyone had a boner, they got punched in the dick. <laughs> but it was you got effectively got punched in the boner. Very strange. I didn't know what was going on. And also, yeah, he would sh- he would be like, come in here, come in here, watch this. And he would play us snuff films, effectively. You know, like, they they you get loads of these going around the internet in the early days of, uh, like, te- terrorist hostages being shot 
Oh, I didn't yeah. see anything like that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's God, yeah. Real. Like, you know, re- compilations of real death accidents. You know, like Ooh, someone no. paragliding and getting decapitated by a oh, God, proper no. crash. Oh, yeah. Awful, awful. And in, in all of it, I guess one of the more tamer things he would show us was, uh, you know, he was four years older than us. We were 12. And he had to do what he said. Was, yeah, bum fights, which was just where you paid homeless people to to fight each other or do horrible things. I just, oh, God, I hated it. Yeah, Are you going to say you loved it? No, absolutely not. No, you sounded like, nostalgic. I'm... Oh, do you know, remember was, the good old days of bum fights? No, nostalgic for just like a man. Do you remember that thing? Do you remember that period of time? But like, not nostalgic for watching it because I did. Mm. I did have it. I bought a bum fights tape off of eBay, like early doors eBay. Like I was a bit of an early adopter to eBay when it came out, where it made its way over to the UK. I think I've told the story before. It was my first ever business venture was mm. uh, eBay when I was like. 15 or 16 years old i used to bootleg dvds onto vhs tapes and then sell them on ebay for profit uh it was 100 illegal um my uncle ian massively told me off for doing it like he was the one because my parents were quite impressed with me doing it and then my <laughs> and then my uncle ian was like does, that, does it have a copyright claim at the start of it and i was like no i don't think it does i knew that it did because uh, I, do, I was doing like the cky films and stuff and he was like yeah that's a bit illegal to be honest with you i was like yeah maybe it is i'll stop doing it was that got, was that I, the massive telling off yeah well it was, yeah not yeah it was a little well, i mean massive it might be an exaggeration i just i remember it very vividly um uh, of him telling me off for doing it or you know more, more like sort of the tale. massive yeah the massive realization when you're that age and you're still trying to figure out what morals are and then yeah. an adult points out, no, that's that's wrong. And you're like, oh, I kind of had yeah. an inkling, but oh, God, no. And I was like, oh, no, Bam Margera is my hero, and I've been stealing his work and making a profit off of it. Because the videotapes, come get the videotapes at the pound stores. They're only costing me a quid to get five mm. tapes. And I'm selling these for like 10 quid a, 20, 10 quid a pop. The, the one that still gets me to this day, I can barely watch it. Is the Simpsons episode where Bart steals the fighting <gasps> game for Christmas? Oh no! I can't. Oh, it hurts me. Hurts oh. me. Mine's That's what you browse. did. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes. I, I, the Talking Simpsons lads reviewed that episode like when it, they reached it in the timeline, and I was listening to. It. I remember this actually walking back from the old Dagnum office to the station listening to that episode and hearing like the marge clip of when she finds out that he stole it and mm. I, did, I had almost tears in my eyes i was mm. like oh this is it, it's it's rough going this um but yeah no i as so i bought uh, a bum fights tape off of ebay and then i got my mates around to watch it because they we were all like because you just hear about these things on the internet and people being like oh yeah you should watch this sort of thing and so i did and then i put it on and all of us were like i don't think this is cool this this isn't cky this mm. isn't jackass this is a this is this this doesn't feel right. Yeah, they're doing things. They're consenting to do these things, but also maybe larger forces are forcing them to do it, like desperation and homelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the emails. Uh <laughs> Forrest says <laughs> Uh, namaste, Luke and Ollie. I'm back again, inspired by a fellow Memberg's email to tell you a story of a time I got it wrong. By the way, did you know you too could become a Memberg by jo- going to the Rest Talk Podcast YouTube channel and clicking the join button? While this segment was supposed to be about wrestlers, I feel I need to tell a story of the most embarrassing moment of my 30 years of life so far, as both of you are film lovers. 
Imagine, if you would, the year is 2012. There is no pandemic. CM Punk is the WWE champion. Wow. Myself, a fresh-faced 22-year-old volunteering at a horror film festival. My job at the time was standing at the door to one of the local theaters, where this was a where there was a large line forming for an airing of Gremlins that was to be held, and I was supposed to make sure only VIPs and staff were allowed in at the time, as we weren't ready to seat anyone yet. I was laser focused and doing my job until it happened. I was watching the line to my right, talking to the film goers in the front, as I saw someone begin to pass me on my left. So I was told to do uh, so. As I was told to do so, I put my R up to bar them and asked them for their VIP pass. All I hear next is, "I'm the director." Oh, While I'm no. midway turning my head, finding myself bearing, barring oh. the way of Joe Dante. <sighs> yes, Legend. Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins. All I could say was, "Yes." Yes, you are. <laughs> As I grabbed in my this head, my VIP was... pass. Come on! <laughs> As I was screaming in my head, uh, as a good eighties and ninety people were there for a Q and A with Mr. Dante after the film, saw the whole thing. Oh. I never saw Mr. Dante after that. As I had another job setting up another stage elsewhere for a different Q and A, and I suspect I left a less than favorable impression on him. Enjoy my pain. Well, that's the thing, um, and this is you know good to remember for everyone who emails in something like this. The people that you offend will remember that forever, and you will forever be blemished in their head. Joe Dante definitely thinks about that occurrence every single day, and he oh, rues yeah. you for it. Um, this one comes in from Laura, who says, Hello, crew, long-time listener, first-time emailer. From some of your previous communications, I'm married to the waste of hair and teeth Sween machine who wrote to you about his dislike of the King's speech. Screw that guy. Colin Firth is a dream. <laughs> Helen Bonham Carter is a force. Alas, I come from a long line of pizza makers, and I'm talking about crushed from scratch pizza stones, etc. Christmas Eve is always homemade pizza and Muppet Christmas Carol. Our assets are frozen. My sister mm. makes a turkey pizza, which is to die for, which includes a cranberry dressing, turkey breast, goat cheese, and of course, a cruft stuffed with the stuffing. Oh my God. A stuffed stuffing, a stuffing stuffed crust. Sounds great, right? I mean, it sounds dry is what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say it sounds bad because I haven't tried it, but yeah, you know, that doesn't sound, it has to be a pretty moist stuffing, you'd think, right? Uh, the pizza that I would recommend is a take on a focaccia. I make a nice oh, beady a and thick dough. I top with nice olive oil and massage it right in. The oil with nice spices like rosemary and garlic is all you need for a sauce. Mm. I slice bosque pears thinly for a topping and include walnuts and blue cheese. Chef's Oof. kiss. It tastes Oof. like a million Canadian dollars, which is about 580,000 <laughs> British pounds. In all seriousness, I love your show. Started watching wrestling a few years ago with my hubby, See Above, and it was a lovely departure from working in healthcare and working for my PhD. I'm in my last year now, so the end is close. Your show and Quizzle Mania has been a great comfort and break during the pandemic, which has meant extra insane working hours and pressure. I love your support for mental illness and health charities and your openness about the challenges that so many struggle with. As someone who struggles with anxiety and depression, breaking down stigma is an important step and I applaud your group. Sending lots of love from Canada, Mrs. Sween Machine, almost Dr. 
Sween Machine, wow. Laura Gilbert. Thank you so much for that email. Yeah, that's a great email. I, you'll, you'll be happy to know, Sween Machine couple. I've befriended the local bread maker. <gasps> Have you really? Wild Is Grain like... Bakery. Oh my god, it's incredible. When, when do you I... mean, when you say you've befriended them, what do you mean by that? Well, they're, they're just uh, that they've only opened up shop this year, a couple of months ago, really. They've got a little bakery in a in an estate, an industrial estate down my road, a couple of minutes walk. I go and see them every Wednesday and Friday to pick up my loaf and I just chit chat. And I'm hoping one day he goes, do you want to step on this side of the counter? Do you want to try and make some <laughs> bread with me? Do you think that's going to happen? I think if I pay him money and sign up to the bread course, he he must be going to start soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got to get out of here. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Pete and Tempest will be back tomorrow with the... No, they won't. Correct. I'm back tomorrow with Denise Salcedo <laughs> doing the magazine show with special guest SP3. Nice. Then Pete and Tempest will be doing Smackdown on Saturday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.